<laughs> so uh, this has nothing to do with the message, but I just thought I'd share like a public service announcement. Um, me and Pastor Jay were talking the other day, and I've noticed something, and this is just going to help us all in our driving, okay? Um, there's these things called passing lanes. They're really beautiful. <laughs> just as Christians, when we come to a passing lane, and we're driving whatever speed we're driving, go over to the right side. There may be someone who wants to go faster than that, and it's okay for them. If you've been driving 55 or 60, you don't have to speed up in the passing lane. <laughs> like, I find this all the time. The person wants to drive 50, they have a right. Okay, praise the Lord, they want to drive 50. But then we get to the passing lane, they decide they want to drive 75. <laughs> so then, I, okay, we're going to drive there. And then we get out of the passing lane and they shrunk back down to 50. That is so frustrating. <laughs> it's just frustrating. So as a Christian, it's okay if people pass you. It's okay. Just go over to the right, and you can drive whatever you want when you come back over to the main lane. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> just saying. Uh. Things I pray about, right? <laughs> All right. If you have your word, we're going to be in the book of Jude. Um, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit. I heard some woos. <laughs> Jude's an awesome book. It's like one chapter. It's right before Revelation, um, right after 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Uh, let me pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to build minister today. Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for being active. Have your way in this place. Guide me, direct me, use me as you see fit. Prepare the hearts of your hearers. Lord, we thank you for the family of new life and uh, for visitors that are here today. I pray, God, that you would touch them in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, powerful book. Jude was the brother of James, also the brother of Jesus. When he declares and opens up in this book, he doesn't use that. I would have, right? If I was over this book, I'd be like, just so you know, I'm Jesus' brother. You might want to listen. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He was so humble. He just said, I'm a bondservant of, of our Lord and a brother of James, who was also the brother of Jesus. So it's just kind of a cool little thing to, when we're looking at this. And his whole purpose um, of writing this book, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, verses uh, 3 through 5. It's going to really show us what his intent and his purpose of writing this whole book. So in the context of this book, um, I'm going to minister a few verses later. But Jude said this, dearly loved friends. So who's he speaking to? The body of Christ, the church. Amen? Okay, so he's speaking to us. He says, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation, which he's saying, I was really planning on writing to you something that was like super encouraging and awesome and powerful. But instead, <laughs> he says, um, I feel that felt the need to instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend. For the beliefs that we cherish. For God through the apostles has once for all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. There have been some who have sneaked in among you unnoticed. They are depraved people whose judgment was prophesied in scripture a long time ago. They have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to commit immorality. 
and turn against our only absolute master, our Lord Jesus Christ. I need to remind you, even though you are familiar with it, all that the Lord Jesus, all the, well, familiar with it all, that the Lord Jesus saved his people out of Egypt, but subsequently destroyed those who were guilty of unbelief. Now, we, were, we just participated in communion. And Pastor Jay really shared very eloquently the, the covenant of that. And really, in another way to say that, you are coming into agreement with Christ when we take communion. There's an agreement. There's a covenant. That's what covenant is. You come into an agreement. And we as believers, James is saying, there's going to be some in the last days that are going to sneak in amongst you. And Pastor Jay last week talked and preached about unity. And this perversion of the grace of God is, gonna, is, is purposely intended to cause disunity, to cause there to be separation, to cause there to be strife, to cause there to be division. And it's the purpose of the enemy to always pervert. And the grace of God is so beautiful and so powerful that if he can get that perverted, it's going to cause massive havoc in the body. And it was so much so that we see, and there's such a harmony. I'm not going to follow the notes this time because I think we'll be better. Um, I'm going to follow a little bit. But there's such a, a unity in the gospel writers, the, the apostles that wrote. Um, when we see uh, Peter, we see Paul, we see uh, Jude, we see James, even Jesus. They're all preparing us and wanting us to be very aware that in the last days, this is going to be happening. Um, the title of the message is, there are two of them. One of them is build up or shut up. It's kind of a, you ever heard the term like it's time to put up or shut up? Later on in these verses we're going to read, he's talking about building up yourselves. So it's time to build up. Um, another title, if you don't like that one, and it's okay if you don't because it's pretty harsh. Um, you can use this one, which is a little softer. Um, God is not surprised and he doesn't want us to be surprised. All right. God is not surprised by anything. And he doesn't want his children to be surprised. He's not like a jack-in-the-box that's just cranking and it's like with no warning, all of a sudden, it's boom. Oh, no. How many have experienced that stuff? We do, right? Life happens, and there's some stuff that pops up, and it's like, man, I didn't see that coming. But the Lord, our good Father, does not want us surprised by anything. So he forewarns us. He gives prophecies. He, he gives us the word of God, and the apostles knew. They were all on the same page in agreement on this, that that the, there was going to be people that were going to come into the body of Christ and pervert the grace of God. And, they, and it's a constant theme throughout the word. He said, watch out for this. Watch this. This is going to happen. And he gives us the plan of attack, how to, how to come against that, and how to fight that, and how to resist that. How many of you are excited for that? Amen. Right? It's real easy to get discouraged. Be, oh, it's so dark. There's all this stuff going on. Yeah, it is. However, we're not surprised by that. Jesus told us. He told his disciples that it's going to get ugly. They're going to come. They're going to hate me. They're going to despise me. They're going to hang me on a cross and kill me. But guess what? I'm going to rise again. So he prepared them. He was always preparing. There was no surprises. I mean, it was foretold that Jesus would be born of a virgin. There was like 600 something prophecies just about Christ. I mean, there's prophecy from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. There's no surprises. We have the book of Revelation that's given us no surprises after I believe we're not even going to be here. But just so we're forewarned, right? And we're, there's no surprises. We win. I love knowing that. It just feels good. You know, it's a, yeah, it might get ugly. It might get rough. But we're going to win. We're more than conquerors. We're victorious. Amen. Jesus is already seated at the right hand that said it's finished. 
So I'm not going to be, we're not to be caught off guard or surprised. However, we find ourselves there. Do we not? Stuff happens. And we didn't see it coming. And most of the times, because we are not in fellowship or in that covenant and in that communion with our Lord. Because when we are, even when we are surprised, it's not that surprising, if that makes sense. The things pop up, but you're able to be, you're, you're, you're built up, you're in that um, spirit, and it's like, okay, I see it through the lens of that, I'm all right, that we, can, we are more than conquerors, that there's a joy inside of me, that there's a peace that I've received from the Lord, and I'm going to view it through that, instead of not having that, and you're flipping out, which I just, I had a part of that not too long ago, <laughs> just a few days ago for about a three-hour period, it was ugly. And I had to practice what I'm preaching. I had to get the peace of God. I had to put some Christian music on and pray in tongues for a season and, and invite the Holy Spirit to have your way and, and ask a couple people, would you pray for me? One being my wife. And I felt things begin to shift. Thank God that there's power. We have access to it. But we're not, we shouldn't be surprised. So none of the, the gospel writers wanted us to be surprised. Um, the purpose that Jude wrote about was that he wanted us to be a, a, a really a, awake to the fact that, the, uh, that there's going to be people and the message of grace was going to try to be perverted in the last days. He wanted us to see there's, um, there's power. In the book of Acts, um, chapter 20, verse 29 through 32, if that is available, uh, it says this. This was Paul speaking. He says, I know that after I'm gone, ferocious wolves will, will get in among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own selves, men will come to the front who by saying perverse, distorted, and corrupt things will endeavor to draw away the disciples after them to their own party. Therefore, be always alert and on your guard, being mindful that for three years I have never stopped night or day seriously to admonish and advise and exhort you one by one with tears. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and to give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set apart ones. Those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. Amen. Those who are in covenant. Right? That's what it's for. The grace of God builds us up. It's not just, which it's awesome, unmerited favor, which means it's a favor on you that you didn't deserve or earn. You haven't worked for it, and I love that grace. But the grace of God is so powerful, it also builds you up, and it also teaches us to walk holy. You probably haven't heard that a whole lot, but it's the truth. The grace of God instructs us, it teaches us in holiness, it teaches us to not sin, it builds us up. It's not just a favor, and, it, and the favor of God is awesome. Amen? But it is, it is instructing us and teaching us and building us up. It's powerful. That's why the enemy wants to pervert it. That's why, it, that's why it's under attack. Does that make sense? All right. The, the enemy is only going to come after stuff that's powerful. He's not going to waste his time with the little stuff. He wants the big stuff, like faith or belief, right? The power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to have that. That's for sure. Like there's some serious things that he, he wants to mess up. Grace is one of them. Because it's so powerful. Oh, it's just favor. Oh, it's more than that. 
It's going it's to instruct you and teach you. The Holy Spirit's going to use it to, to get us from sin out of it. It's powerful. Um, there's, there's many more scriptures, and I'm not going to spend time there, but 1 Timothy 4, if you're taking notes, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it's very powerful. It's all in agreement. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, these are all talking about our last days, the, the influence and the attack and the, the scheme of the many in the last days. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, and 2 Peter chapter 2 is very similar to the book of Jude. It's, I mean, there's just such a harmony. They're on point. Do you believe this, that when all, most of the writers of the Gospels and, and, the, and of our New Testament are saying the same thing over and over concerning the same time that we're living in, we should be paying attention, Amen. right? Like, I'm not the sharpest tool, but I have been able to figure out when God uses and says something over and over and over he is building a very large point that he sees as very important that he wants his children to comprehend and do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Like, usually when I grew up, if my mom and dad told me something over and over and over and over, they really meant it. <laughs> there was a reason for that. Amen? They were just talking to hear themselves talk. So when we have this word that is so powerful and that is holy and teaches us, and there's no fault in it, and it's saying the same thing over and over and over, we need to be listening. And even more so, we need to be applying it. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, you're awake. I love that. Where are we at here? Um, well, let me read our main text. I'm going to turn the page here. Verse 17 uh, till the end, but I know we're not going to get to the end, so we'll, we'll just go about midway and we'll finish this next week. I, fir- I figured that out the first service. You guys, you guys are getting the revised little better version probably. (laughs) Verse 17, Jude says, but you must remember, beloved. Who's he speaking to? Us. We're the beloved. But you must remember. I love these words. You must remember, not your neighbor, not your kids, not you. The obligation's on you. It's on me. I'm not going to stand before God and and he's not going to go, well, your mom and dad were pretty good people, and you know your wife was super awesome, so you're good. No, it's up to you. So, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions or the prophecies which were made by the apostles, the special messengers of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He doesn't want us surprised. We must remember what's already been spoken. We must remember the prophecies that are been spoken over and over and in harmony. Amen? They told you beforehand. Who'd they tell? Us. Now that term, they told you, was a Greek phrase, and it meant, basically it meant this, and more than just in the written, which it's, it's in the written a lot, verbally, every time they would share, every time they would speak, this was something that was said. This was a subject that was brought up verbally all the time. It was continuous. It'd be like if you came to church, have you ever come to church and you kind of, every minister kind of has like their one little section of that's a biggie for them. And you'll hear that same kind of theme for years. And sometimes you're like, dude, okay, I heard that. (laughs) This was the message that was being spoken to the church every week. Every time they met, it was, you would never not hear that. Now be a lookout. There's going to be scoffers. There's going to be men intercede and weave among you. They're going to try to get you to pervert the grace of God in the last days. 
This was said over and over and over. Okay, you with me? All right. He told him beforehand in the last days, in the end time. Where are we? We are in the end of the end of the end, I believe. Now, the end in the last days started at the Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit fell on the church. That's the beginning of the last days, according to Joel. Because he prophesied in the last days that his Spirit of God would be poured out on all flesh. The sons and the daughters would prophesy. That old men would dream dreams. That young men would see visions. And we are in those days. And... uh, Powerful, right? So we're in the end of the end. So we need to really be paying attention. So it says, in the end times, there will be scoffers who seek to gratify their own unholy desires. Their own unholy desires. Here's a good a little note for us. 99.9% of the time, our own fleshy desires are not holy. <laughs> fair? Is that fair? My fleshly desires for the most part of my life, have not been holy. And you're the same. (laughs) We're all in that boat. Amen? Amen. Praise God that we can have holy desires. Amen? Amen. That are planted into us because we're in covenant with a holy God. There's a Holy Spirit that lives in us. And He resides in us. There's a holiness that comes with the blood of Christ. And the enemy hates it. So He's coming to attack that. But we have an obligation to build ourselves up in that. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is so awesome. God's word is powerful. I want to encourage you today. This this is not a slap. This isn't a a reproof. This is an encouragement to build us up so that we can see the enemy and the schemes for what they are. Because I love you, church. I do not want to see my brothers and sisters injured. I don't want to see my brothers and sisters put in captivity. I don't want to see them in bondage because the enemy don't play. It's all fun and games. And he plays this little game and, it's, and, the, and it fulfills for a while the lusts of the flesh. But then there's a price to pay. And there's always a price to pay. And it's more than we can pay. It's always more than we can pay. And he plays for keeps. He knows, he knows the end of the book. He knows that his, his fate is sealed. And he hates you. Don't be mistaken. Amen. He hates you. He'll smile and flirt and wink and do all that stuff. But it'll come to a point that he'll get you in bondage and you will believe there's no hope. You see it all over. And it's darkness and it's a lie. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I thank God for that abundant life. But the enemy is still trying to steal and kill that and destroy it. And he uses it even amongst us. This is a message that's to the beloved, to the church. All of the the, uh, apostles said that in the last times amongst you, there will be ones that will come in and they will sow discord. There will be scoffers is the word. And I looked up that word scoffers. Verse 19, it says, and they're going to be merely sensual, creatures carnal, worldly minded people, devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. Man, I picked this amplified version for a reason. Just in case you were wondering. I know there's a lot of words there, but it's, it's woo. But you, beloved. Verse 20. But you, beloved. Build yourselves. Up, founded on your most holy faith. I 
I didn't explain scoffers and mockers, and I'm going to do that because it's very powerful. The word scoffers, it stood out when I was preparing this message, and it means mockers. Some translations use them intertwinable because they are. It means this. Scoffers make a mock of sin. Which means, in another term to say that, it says you make light of it. If there's ever been a day and age where sin is made very, we're, we're conditioned to make light of sin. And everything, it's, and it's, oh, it's not a big deal. You hear, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's, I don't care what your opinion is. And I'm, this sounds pretty brutal, but it is. It's the truth. I want to know what his opinion is. Because my opinion has got me in all kinds of places that I had to call for him to get me out of. It's not that big a deal. Uh, yeah, it's a big deal. If he said it is, it's a big deal. Your opinion doesn't matter. His opinion matters. I hope you receive this right. But this is, this is a word that is, I, I love you. Do not, get ro- do not get stole from. Do not get robbed. Do not end up in bondage. Don't let those who, fathers, husbands, who are, you are the head of the home. Not in a weird way, but listen to me. What you allow in, you are in agreement with. Hear me. What you allow in, you are in agreement with. You're, that's like the same agreement we just took communion with. You're saying, okay, I take communion with that. What believers would take communion with demons? Would you? Would you be in agreement? So when we, as the body of Christ, look, this is heavy, I understand. But all, every writer warned of this and said, in the last days, this is going to happen. Be on your guard. Be alert. Don't be okay with it. We have to get this mindset that it doesn't matter what I think about it. What does his word say about it? If there's ever a time that we better know what it says and stand on this, it's now. Because it says, even those who were chosen or elect will be, can be deceived. And that's not to scare you. It's just, this is the truth. It's the truth. He's sneaky. And it starts with mocking what sin is. It says, make light of it. Then to plead for it. I've seen this. And pa- I won't let don't, pastors that are in here. You've heard, you've seen the plead for it. When you bring the truth of what God's word said, not my opinion, but when you bring the truth, you'll see the plead for it. But, 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 but. And we will do it too. When it's something that makes me feel good. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's wanting to take it. You're going, no, 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 but, 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 but. No. The plea for openly committed. That's the next step. Go from you're hiding in the dark to it's all right. It's not a big deal. I can do this. Doesn't matter what you think about it. Doesn't matter what I think about it. What does he think about it? Amen. The glory in it, which that's getting pretty. And scoff. Here's, here's the one that I, in my notes, I wrote it bold because this is, I see this all the time. Scoff at all religion as the prejudice of education. That's the day we're in. Mockers will scoff at all religion as the prejudice of education. We're in that day and age. 
Well, you're not educated. If you're edu- I mean, look at these uneducated Christians. They're foolish. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. Oh, they're just, right? These, these, we're enlightened. So when you get enlightened, sin becomes okay. That's depraved. Let me ask you this. If you're sitting at the table with Jesus, does it become perfectly clear what's sin and what isn't? I had to say my notes, so thank you. Thank the Lord. But it's the truth. It becomes razor sharp clear. That word becomes razor sharp. Nope, well, no part of that. Or how many, I mean, most of us, not every single of us would go do a walkthrough. If you, had, you know, knew Jesus was coming over for dinner. Hmm. Just saying. Could you have dinner with him? If you couldn't, maybe you need to clean some stuff up. This is his word. This is, this is the times that we're in. It's not okay. We've made light of it. And we just, oh, it's just this little sin. No. The wages of sin is death. That's the, that's, you earn that. The gift of God is eternal life. You don't earn that. You, it's a gift. He does not want death. He's the, the way, the truth. He's the resurrection. He's the life. The apostles knew this. He's the light of the world. There's no darkness in him. So therefore, there should be no darkness in us. None. Light should be beaming out of us. And it does, right? It's awesome. It's beautiful. The scoffers and markers. These are in the church. They weave in. They cause deception. It causes division. Disjointedness. Over stuff that there's no question. What does this word say? And then we have, we have to leave it there. But you beloved, right? He's talking to us again. But you beloved. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. One little side note too, and then we'll get off that one. It's getting better. For, so you guys can pretty much take off the seatbelt. Those who cause divisions will often accuse the protesters of being unloving. This is something that was just, it's a freebie. <laughs> Those who cause divisions will accuse the protesters. Who's the protesters? The protesters are going, that ain't right. That sounds contrary to the word. You're not a, you're very unloving. It's the truth. You're very unloving. And, and I will say, you can do it very unlovingly. It ha- Christians have been known to do things like that very unlovingly and be Christian. That's not how it's done. It's done from spending time on your knees, seeking the Lord's heart about an individual, and it better be a conviction that's come from the Holy Spirit, and you better have word to back it up. You better have word or don't come. I'm straight. I'm going to tell you, if you don't have word to tell me about some booger that's on my face, <laughs> save yourself. You got word? We're good. If you don't, go back and get it. (laughs) And that should be going for any one of us. I don't want to hear opinion. I want to hear the word. There's enough of it there that we can spend a whole lifetime here. We don't need to be like the Pharisees adding stuff to it. 
There's enough. Let's just do what he said. We'll be good. But if we do have to go because we love somebody enough to see that the enemy's stealing, killing, and destroying, raping, and pillaging in their life, because we love them, we will go. And we will bring the truth. And we will build them up. We will encourage them. We will edify them. We will lovingly bring correction. And you better be careful because if you do it wrongly, you'll find yourself in that sin. Do it how Jesus did. If your flesh is involved in it, then go back and pray some more. And every one of us has done it right and we've done it wrong. We know the difference. And if you have, go and make it right. You go, you know what? Please forgive me. How I said that was wrong. You can be right and be wrong. All right. So we get to the good stuff. Build yourselves up. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Building yourselves up. Whose obligation is that? I, I would love to be able to go to the jail or even come here or with people that I minister with or, or disciple and be able to like flip the switch and like dump in this revelation that made people build themselves up. It made them like, oh, now I'm going to open the word and apply it to my life. Oh, that'd be so awesome. You could just like hit that button. Oh, you're good now. And then hit it on mine, like, with a hammer. Oh, you're good. But we have to build ourselves up. We build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Our faith is holy. This word is holy. God is holy. The Spirit of God is called the Holy Spirit. It's holy, holy, holy. There's a holy for each one of the Trinity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come, covered by holy. We can't get away from it. There's a way to do things according to God's plan. And there's a reverence to that. There's a holiness to him that you will never escape. So holy that when Abraham wanted to see him, he said, I'm going to shove you in the cleft of a rock. You can't continue. You can't. You can't contained. You couldn't see me. I'm so holy. He spared him. But we can't, and we got to reverence that. We must reverence that. We can't just do whatever you want. God's holy. We got to reverence him. And if we want to experience the supernatural, we better get this thing down. We can't be mingling and, and, and having dinner with demons and, you know, prostituting ourselves. I know, I mean, I said that word particularly for a reason. And thinking we're going to have communion with him. It ain't going to work. Most holy faith. It's a holy doctrine which displays the holiness of God and is a means of beginning and increasing an internal holiness. That's what we're to build ourselves up in. Proverbs 4.18 says the first, the, the way, the The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, ever increasing until the full light of day. It's an ever increasing. It's building yourself up. It's like a high rise building that's building and level upon level upon level upon level upon level. And we never go, I'm done. House is built. We can relax now. Sit by the pool. Nope. 
keep building, keep building, keep building, because it is constantly under attack. You must build yourself up in your most holy faith. Wish I had time. Layer upon layer. How do we build ourselves up? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> but beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress rise like an edifice, higher and higher. Edifice is like a high-rise building. How do we do it? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26, and 27. Can we have that up? This was Paul. He says, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede. Man, that is good. The Holy Spirit rises up in us to super intercede. The King James will say, rise up with groanings. How many's felt that? That Holy Spirit, there's groanings. He's interceding through you. Too deep for words. Well, he intercedes for us. Then God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. Isn't that awesome? Us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Perfect harmony. The Holy Spirit pleads in perfect harmony with God's plan for us and our destiny. That is powerful. We need him. And we need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Because how many of you know, like, God has this plan and this destiny for us. And how many have went off course? I need the Holy Spirit praying through me to super intercede. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you for your super intercession because I've needed it. I mean, just the regular intercession you guys probably use, but I need super intercession. I don't have time to go on these other ones, but uh, maybe I'm going to look at Ephesians 6.18 for just a short second. If you have a chance, go look at 1 Corinthians 14.15. This is uh, Ephesians 6 talks about the, the warfare. And I'm just going to go into the praying part. In verse 18, it says, pray passionately in the spirit. Pray passionately in the spirit. This is considered warfare, right? Pray passionately in the Holy Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at, everyone say, all times. When are we to passionately pray in the Holy Spirit and intercede with every form of prayer at all times? We're to pray the blessing of God upon all his believers. We do that in the Holy Spirit. You're praying the blessing of God on all believers. Could you, church, would you agree with me to pray in the Holy Spirit? Right? It's, it's supernatural intercession. It's praying blessings on brothers and sisters. It is doing some powerful stuff. Jude tells us it's how we build up our most holy faith. To be able to recognize and see the schemes and the plots of the enemy. How many need to see that? We need to be built up. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we are, and this is, that's point three, praying in the Holy Spirit. 
We claim the aid of the Holy Spirit in prayer. I need his help. We claim that aid. You claim the aid as you oppose the enemies of God. You claim that as we are going to warfare against principalities, against darkness, against things that have exalted themselves in the heavenlies. We are praying against that in the, in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's awesome. We need to be doing that. Here's the best thing I love. Well, no, there's a lot of things I love about praying in the Spirit. But this is a really, really good one. Is the enemy cannot defend it. He cannot defend it. When I pray in, in English, using my mind and thoughts, and, and I'm praying and, and putting this, and, that's, and thank God for that. It's a good way to pray. But if, when I'm doing that, he can hear that and try to make a, an action plan to come against that. But when I pray in the Spirit, he hates it. He really dislikes it. Because there's no way to come against that. He's clueless. He really doesn't like that. And he knows it's very powerful. He knows the word. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's powerful. It tears down all the schemes in the darkness. It's the Holy Spirit instructed me through spending time in prayer of the Holy Spirit to go to a place this last week and to walk around and just pray in the Holy Spirit. And I, I don't know what come of that, but I know it made the devil mad. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> Which makes me feel good. <laughs> it's powerful. Now, I could have went around, and, and I did. There was times I did pray, and, but when there was that Holy Spirit-inspired prayer and unction, it's powerful. There's, it's doing stuff we're not even aware of which is really good. Because if I get too aware of it, I screw it up. <laughs> One of the other things is your flesh is not involved. This is very powerful when we pray in the Spirit. Your flesh is not involved. Scientifically proven. Pennsylvania State University scientists studied, because they were people praying in tongues. They put them in the thing that spins around your brain. They put stuff on them, and they would watch as, you would, as they would pray normally. They're able to see the, the frontal lobe of your brain where speech and thought come, lights up. They would do that, and when they would begin to pray in tongues, no, not coming from here. It's coming from the Spirit. Scientifically proven. You can go look at it YouTube. I challenge you to go look up. Praying in tongues, scientifically proven. They said, we, the guys, I can't say that it's a being or God that's speaking through them, but I can say it's not coming from their mind. This is powerful. The enemy does not want you to do this. There's a really good reason, because you build yourself up in your most holy faith when you do it. You are conquering and coming against his kingdom and his plan. You are building up your brothers and sisters in Christ, and he can't, there's nothing he can do with it. He hates it. That's why if anyone that's ever been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, you heard those voices very quickly going, that was you, that you made that up, that was, instantly, he's, he's going like, I, no, don't do that, that's, uh, you just make believe, it sounds crazy. Well, Yeah. <laughs> I will give him that. <laughs> it does. It's not you. He 
understands it good. So who cares? When we do this, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, you are giving, and we've, those who have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this isn't a greater than less than church, but you will have the Holy Spirit drop things into you as you're praying in tongues. He will, I have had him impress people upon me to know I am praying for them in the Spirit. It wasn't something I thought up. Then you're able to begin to think and pray and have like purposefully, okay, I'm going to begin praying for them. There's little nuggets of downloads that the Holy Spirit will drop in you that didn't come from here came from him. We must be in that in this day and age. We must be relying on the Holy Spirit's power and inspiration. You must, as a New Testament believer, as an end time Christian, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You must be praying in the Holy Spirit in order to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> Zechariah Chapter 2, verse 6, it said, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's by his spirit. Can I, uh, can I challenge the church to just stand to your feet and just begin to pray, intercede? I believe 100% that the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you, that Jesus wants to baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit. That it is for you. It is for today. I'm going to turn real quick. To, um, Acts chapter 2. In case you were. There's a, there's a belief system that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was only for the apostles in that day. Okay. That's, a, that's an idea. But like I said. What's the word of God say? Acts chapter 2 verse 39. Says this. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and your children. And to and for all that are far away even to and for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. He's inviting and bidding to come to you. There's no question that he wants you to be baptized. The question is, do you want to be? I would encourage you, even if you've been baptized before, church, we leak. You need to be refilled. We need to be continuously refilled. If you haven't been filled, I, just, I would just encourage you to come forward. We're going to pray with you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have been, I would encourage you to just begin to pray in tongues to be refilled. Holy Spirit, thank you. Fill your people. Jesus, thank you. We invite you to come in our midst. This isn't a strange thing. This is something we know, Lord, that you want that is confirmed in your word for this time and for this season and for this place. Jesus, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. It's a holy moment. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I would like to invite, if, if, if you need to be dismissed, you can be. 
If there's those, I, I do believe strongly. I know there's some that want to be filled and baptized, and you can go ahead and come down forward, and, and we're going to pray and, and just believe that the Lord's going to baptize you. I do want to let you know that when you are, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to hear these words. You, might, you will have to open your mouth and speak them. He's not going to open your mouth. He's not going to make your tongue talk. The same way you talk in your language now, you open your mouth, you speak it. You will do that when he baptizes you. Does that make sense? I just want to help you with that. That he's going to come bring that language to you. He's going to give that, that, those words to you. You are to be obedient and in faith speak them and deliver them. Okay? All right. You guys who uh, would like to be dismissed, you may. Those who want to come and be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, please come. Could, uh, Becca, could you play some music? As we're, as we're doing that, churches, and if you're waiting to receive, just lift your hands, worship Jesus, worship the Lord, just praise and magnify him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.